Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very special episode of the Whip Podcast. Again, my name is Zach, here with Elliot. Thank you very much. Notice the t-shirt. Uh, we've got a very amazing guest today. We so Today we're sitting in Jackie Scrooby's office. Jackie, thank you for Hi coming everyone. on. Hi everyone. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. Really pleased to have been invited. So that's thanks okay. for well, coming. And thanks for coming to me. Honestly, thank you for just having us. Yeah, no, to be that's honest. fine. Um, you, that's you fine. You may regret You're... it at the end of this episode, but I'm sure, yeah, we'll, I know, really I'm sure we will. Yeah, I'm sure we'll go along. I'm sure we'll get along. So, Jackie, you're an environmental lawyer, climate advisor, former business owner, and now independent candidate for Pip Order. So, That's Jackie, right. welcome, also, welcome to the Whip Podcast. Thank you. Pleasure and to be here. And also a mum. So and know, also a mum of two. And you're making... Oh, actually, let's say part. three. Yes, three. Well, we've got the official dog of the podcast here. <laughs> um, uh, we were talking off air, but what's, being, what's harder, being a politician or being a mum? Uh, I'm going to say being a mum. Being a mum? Yeah. What's more rewarding? Um, being a mum. Okay, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. Correct, yeah. Correct, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And look, that's why, you know, a lot of the reasons I do what I do is because of this sense of, I suppose, giving back to the community and giving, making a better future for my kids as well. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and everyone's kids, so, yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, so, I guess first thing we should touch on is, like, your background, like, yeah. from the area and how you got into politics, I guess. Yeah, so I've lived, like, basically I grew up in loads of houses all around the North Shore, um, and I've lived on the northern beaches, like, both up in Pittwater, also down in Freshwater, and, you know, Seaports oh, awesome. as well. So I've lived in lots of different places, and I've also lived overseas and in Melbourne. So, um, but I've got a long family history with Pittwater because my grandfather was one of the first uh principals at Pittwater High. Oh, no way. Um, and my dad lives up here. My parents-in-law live up here. They've had a place since the 70s. So, yeah, love Pittwater. and used to sort of sail on Pittwater as well when I was younger. So it's really nice for my kids to be doing that now as well. Full Pittwater. Full. Sailing on the... Yeah, but I'm more of a surf side, even though I'm not a very good surfer. Yeah. So, you oh, know, I'm my hair's still well. wet because yeah. I just went for a swim at Mona Vale, so... Full local. Yeah. Full local. Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> um, and then in terms of career, so yeah, you mentioned, like, in, I studied medical science and law at UTS, and then... Um, okay. I feel terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, politics is open to anyone, so you don't need degrees. So we should should run. Yeah, you should run. run. This can be the topic of the podcast to let everyone know that anyone can run. We're actually running, and you're yeah, you're running. (laughs) I should move aside. Um, But yeah, so studied medical science and law. Ended up in law at a top law firm. Actually, did a secondment at um, a community legal centre called the Environment Defenders Office and then moved into management consulting, but in that same environmental space. So basically advising like ASX 200 companies and state and, ter- state and federal government on climate risk. Um, so how climate, like uh, extreme weather events might impact their bottom line basically. Um, and also how to decarbonize. And I, I, I was with a group called Energetics for a few years um, then left, had kids, did my own business in homewares, which was totally different, and then went back to that same organisation um, and continued doing the work, you know, the, um, the climate risk work. And then uh, met Dr Sophie Sconce, our federal MP, yeah. um, a few years ago, and she was doing a lot of work listening to the community. So basically going around, having these kitchen table conversations where she got groups of people together and listened to what do you care about, what do you want to see in your politicians, did this whole process then she was looking for an independent candidate for the seat of McKellar which includes like everywhere from you know Palm Beach yeah, um, yeah down to yeah. DY and then up to you know um, for, for, you know French's Forest yeah. and everything and 
anyway, long story short, so we turned around and said, well, why don't you run? And she asked me to be her campaign manager, which I did. Then I went to Canberra with her for last year for six months. Oh, wow. So I've oh, been... What's it in, like down there? I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's great because um, it's an incredible privilege to be part of, um, you know, so close to making laws, um, reviewing legislation, being in that beautiful building. Um, but it was actually incredibly inspiring to see the role that the independents were having at a federal level, um, moving amendments to legislation, making good policy better, driving their own agenda as well. And yeah, I was very much inspired, which is sort of one of the reasons I'm here today. Yeah, yeah. well, wow, that's yeah. amazing actually, to be honest, to be down there and like, I mean, we've all been on year six camp, so. <laughs> oh no, my daughter's doing that this, this well, one of the, when I was deciding whether I should run, her one of her serious considerations was, you can't run, you need to be in Canberra next year. And I was like, why? For the year six She's camp. like, I'm going on camp and we need to like have all access and be able to come behind <laughs> the scenes. And um, and yeah, so she was disappointed that that won't happen. But I looked up uh, when her school excursion is and it is in a sitting week, so Sophie will be down there. So I'm so sure she'll sort of give them the royal treatment. Yeah, give them the well, royal treatment. Yeah. Like sure. she does, I must say, for every McKellar school. So we have a list of all the McKellar schools coming down. Oh, awesome. And every time they come down, if it's a sitting week, Sophie will come out, chat to them, um, and you know, give them you know a special insight into Canberra politics. Wow, that's good. I yeah. Mean, when we went, Parliament wasn't even sitting, so. Oh, that's a bit boring. Yeah, yeah, Questacon well. though. So. Questacon. Everyone loves Questacon. The War Memorial as well. That's yeah, that War awesome. Memorial was my favourite as well. And the Mint. Yes. Oh, well, we didn't go to the mint. Well, I had to pay two dollars for a one dollar coin. So yeah, you got ripped. I, <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got ripped as. Um, good money making technique, though. Yeah. Got to respect it. Um, when you sorry, cutting into like the environmental stuff. Were you doing like EPB, like uh, BDARs and yeah. EPBCs? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. also like in a in a top law firm as well, you tend to sort of work for developers. So that's why I think I had a bit of like an internal conflict. Say thinking. Well, since a young age, because my grandfather, the one that was a principal at Pitwater High, he was the one that told me about climate change when I would have been probably about, this is like in the 80s, about six years old, before computer, you know, not before computers, but before a home computer, I suppose. Um, oh, sorry, Scout. Um, <laughs> and before um, the internet. And so through even school, I've been doing a lot of um, environmental work and advocacy. And I think when I got to a sort of a top law firm and realised... I don't necessarily want to be representing these clients in this way, um, even though I was doing some good environmental work. That's why I moved into management consultancy and sort of shifting focus more to sustainability and sure. climate risk. And yeah. Then, so then what made you want to run in this election mm. and what brought you to politics? So what brought me to, so I suppose in that work as a consultant, I was doing a lot of policy work. So often with state and federal government doing projects to advise them on what they should do policy-wise. Um, and then when Sophie asked me to be involved, I got, you know, the taste of Canberra and what it was like to be, you know, at the table negotiating amendments and being really involved in the political process. And as I said, it was inspiring. And um, when Rob Stokes just, you know, announced his retirement, a couple of people in the community from Sophie's big volunteer base encouraged me to put my hand up to maybe run. And at first I was a bit reluctant, but um, I think I realised that a lot of the things that we all care about in Pittwater, yes, they're federal issues, but actually they're state issues. And state issues are where things get done. 
Yeah. So unlike the big ticket items like climate and integrity, that's where a lot of implementation happens. But also, you know, I'm a mum here. Like, I want the best for this area. And yeah, whether it's schools or roads and transport or, you know, protecting beautiful pit water from overdevelopment, they're all things that happen at a state level. So um, I suddenly realised, actually, you know, it's important we have a voice at a state level. And I felt that my values reflect people in pit waters. So, yeah, that yeah. led me to the decision to run. So I guess... We should break into the crux of the interview, um, which is, I guess... That sounds scary. <laughs> like this, yeah. this is a professional podcast, okay. uh, <laughs> supposedly. Um, don't watch our previous episodes. Um, <laughs> I guess, like, for a big issue for us being young, you know, top of the podcast heap, um, is housing affordability. Don't laugh. Housing affordability. <laughs> housing affordability. Like, we have a lot of friends who are leaving the area because, you know, they want to start families and... Um, and yeah. all that so i guess how would you you know help with that situation because like, we live in one of the most expensive suburbs we do as well. and it is really hard because the other thing is it's a, like a liberal held seat for forever yeah so people like the you know people are economically conservative they tend to not want you know like loads of like affordable housing and they don't want overdevelopment and they you know there's a lot of that sort of um i suppose conservative economic mindset on the flip side, we know we need affordable housing and we know we need to get clever about how we try and keep our young people here because a couple of reasons. Firstly, you're right. Like, I know you're telling me anecdotally your friends move, but I've seen my friends move. Yeah. But the data shows that as well. So, Pittwater, when you look at the different age brackets, you have pretty much the state average for all the ages, except when we get to 25 years old, which I guess is when people move out of home these days. Yeah. And then suddenly you see our 25 to 40 age bracket drop to half the state average. Yeah. And so I think that comes down, so this is, I'm gonna pull out some statistics now that are my own and have no factual basis whatsoever. <laughs> and they are from just chatting to people, I think probably 70 to 80% is related to housing affordability. Yeah, um, maybe like, you know, 20% is related to, you know, um, I suppose like, like things to do, facilities and services. And like, if you're not a surfer, you know, there's not necessarily all the indoor basketball courts and everything that there are some, but we're over capacity in a lot of those recreational things. And I think also, and this comes to sort of what the Northern Beaches is known for, you know, having that nightlife scene as well. So we're known for our bands. We've got like, we've got Lime Cordial playing tonight and this who weekend. Have you. Yeah, who have endorsed me? Yeah. I know. Yeah, because I did some advocacy work for the music industry at, at federal level. So yeah, right. know them through that and um, through Sophie's campaign. But I think as well, that's part of our heart and soul is breeding great bands from the Northern Beaches, and we've kind of lost a lot of venues as well. So in terms of what the solution is, firstly, I don't think there's a silver bullet. So I think, and I think it's really hard, particularly when people up here, we also want to keep these like beautiful houses in trees, not overdeveloped. Um, so I'd say two things. So one is that Northern Beaches Council has got a housing strategy that um, that is building out more houses and particularly in areas that are already urbanised like Brookvale, um, some places in um, the electorate of Wakehurst, like up near the hospital and so forth. And so I think... Firstly, more supply in those areas will allow for, you know, oh, the dog. Can you, can you grab the I'll dog? I'll check. 
Sorry, everyone. The dog's eating like <laughs> the dog is eating that. chicken, and the chicken's cooked, and so I think that's a risk for bones in throat. So oh, for sure. Yeah. All so right. we're just, an animal friendly podcast. We're an animal friendly podcast. <laughs> animal friendly. So I think yeah, definitely um, a bit more supply. But to be honest, I think the northern beaches is always going to be quite um, quite expensive comparative to the rest sure. of Sydney. And I think the other thing is is making sure we have enough affordable housing and enough essential service housing, so people who are teachers nurses and we need more of all these professions but incentivizing people who are teachers who are nurses who are paramedics who who are giving to the community that they have an in with some affordable housing as well and have different um, availability to do that so that will have two things that will sort of allow, allow more places for them to live affordably so they because we've got a teacher shortage like up in you know up the peninsula schools are struggling to get teachers because they can't afford to live nearby as yeah. well yeah, totally. um so having that type of housing and then for me and this is an answer that like i don't have now but it's where my head's at which is because i come from a management consulting background thinking you know what are the innovative ways we can look at this what's best practice from around the world and how can we apply it here particularly as we don't want overdevelopment in this you know beautiful area and so one of those like in um, one of the scandinavian countries um, they have incentives where if you rent out part of your house or a granny flat or change to a duplex and have downstairs, even if you're renting that out and it's your primary residence as the owner, you don't need to um, pay capital gains tax on that portion. So it provides incentives to open up a lot of properties we already have on the northern beaches. So we've got a lot of empty houses on the northern yeah. beaches. Yes, towards the, more towards the upper peninsula. More towards the upper peninsula. Yeah, you would know all about out there, wouldn't you? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we've got, um, you know, there's also options for, you know, granny flats and, and how we make those not like, you know, rental properties, but actually longer term rental, not short term rental. Yeah. And, um, and also how we can incorporate like clever designs. So that might be more along the shop front. So not having high rises, but, you know, um, along the shops when they get redeveloped, making sure there's apartments you know, on top, on top. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, allowing DA approvals for things like duplexes, which, um, you know, you've got the house on top, house underneath. So um, I think it's something also the community needs to be involved in in the planning process and thinking about these issues, because the other thing we have to remember is we're on a peninsula and everyone hates the traffic. So we need to make sure we're not, we're just yeah. managing yeah. all these different components in a really sensible way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Scout. <laughs> Official dog in a podcast. But also, like, I think it's something that needs working on, and I don't think the perfect solution is here now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a challenge I'm willing to take on. Another um, thing, well, you were going to touch on as well, the PEP 11, um, the offshore, obviously, that's a massive, just completely taking your question, sorry. That's all right. That's all right. You can do it. We're here now. We're here now. Um, Zach, do the next one. I'll do the next one. Teamwork makes the dream work, as you can say. Yeah. Um, Yeah, PEP 11 was something that came up to us a fair bit um i'm not completely across all of it but i it's an offshore yes development it's how is that how is that well, going to impact us here okay so it's not surprising not cross it because it is quite complicated how yeah. it's gone like to and fro in a nutshell it's exploring for oil and gas off our coastline yeah. if it progresses further and it ca- you know that they want to expand and keep going the um the proponents asset energy then what it risks is in a nutshell risks a spill or a huge environmental disaster on our beaches. Now, anyone that's been to LA, to the beaches there, knows the water's murky, they have offshore oil and gas. The water's gross, they have oil spills. Um, 
you know, like even greasy beaches, like under underfoot. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's something I think that unites the northern beaches. Just there's absolutely no way this yeah, can no, happen. No um, so last election in the federal election. Um, so before the federal election, Zali Stegall put a bill into federal parliament saying stop PEP 11 um, and it didn't get passed, it didn't, but she started to stir the pot on it and then at the, it became an election issue at the federal election. Scott Morrison came down, said we're going to count it, it's all good. We all went yay, that's awesome. Um, but what's happened since then is he was doing it with one of those ministerial hats on that he wasn't meant to have and so the decision... Um, basically asset energy went to the federal court said no he shouldn't have made that decision we're going to overturn it and then the government said okay we agree he shouldn't have made the decision so now it's effectively back on the table it's gone back to the joint authority which is federal and state um, but in the meantime what's happened is that at that time scott morrison made that announcement the new south wales government also said we're against it and part of the decision of me to run was you know, I looked through a few things. So I looked through the voting record of councillors. I also looked through, oh, have the New South Wales government done anything? They said they were against it. Have they passed any legislation? And they hadn't. Um, so I worked with existing members of the New South Wales Parliament, um, Alex Greenwich, Justin Field, to create a piece of legislation that will pretty much disable PEP 11 because it won't allow the approval of any of the infrastructure to support it. So even though it's technically a federal issue and it's in federal waters mainly, this says that New South Wales won't approve any of the pipelines, any of the services, none of the infrastructure to support it. And so that's a huge thing for me, this election. And um, yeah, basically I want it, that bill passed and that's going to be one of my big negotiating points if I am you know, have the opportunity to negotiate for government, so that's a big one. Um, funnily enough, the Liberal government, after saying for ages you couldn't do anything at state level, um, 12 days after I announced that piece of legislation, came out with their own announcement of legislation, which I've considered, and it's not as good as mine. It's not not as effective. Of course, of course not. Here, well, basically, it only deals with um, New South Wales waters, which PEP 11 is mainly in federal waters. Yeah. So, yeah. So. It, in a nutshell, it's a live issue. It's something I'm incredibly passionate about. Yeah, sure. And it's like one of my main points um, yeah. that I want to get done. Um, yeah. Who is the Liberal guy around here? So it was Rob Stokes, yeah. and now Rory Amon is running. So He's a counsellor. don't even know who he is. So it's yeah. Well, <laughs> he is known, but I went through his voting record, and for me, there were just things in there that did not represent the values of Pittwater. So when council declared a climate emergency, he voted against that motion. When council condemned PEP 11, he voted against condemning PEP 11. Um, oh, really? Yeah, there was just really? a list. Yeah. He's like done a backtrack now, obviously, because he's <laughs> running an election campaign. Can he, does he not know how to swim, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I maybe, think. Maybe he can't swim. Look, to be, to be fair, and like I did go and listen to why, because I was like, why would anyone? This doesn't even make sense, even yeah. the most, you know. But I think he his point of view was, well, it's not council's jurisdiction to do these things, so I'll stay out of it. I completely disagree. Like, if there's a motion in front of a councillor and you've got a right to have a voice for your community, you Should vote stand, for that yeah, voice. Yeah. And if, and even if you don't agree with it, you still stand up and vote, yes, I want to condemn it. And then you can still have your speech about why you think, you know, maybe this isn't a council issue. So yeah, totally. reading that voting record was one of the reasons I thought, no, yeah, I've, no I'm, I'm a better representative of this community. And, a much yeah. better fit. 
That's what I thought. But you know, it's for the voters to decide that, not me. Yeah, I'm quietly confident. Okay, well, hopefully. Well, yeah. Maybe Rory moved to the area and he just doesn't get it. No, he's he's been on the beaches his whole life. He's he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. Yeah. No. <laughs> we'll do our own back. Anyway, voters can decide. Yes, exactly. Okay. We've all got websites. You can go and have a look. Yes, you can. Definitely. Well, well we see everyone on the streets all the time. Oh, look, we've kept it shirts. so neat for the yeah. podcast. Well, I have to confess, now I have piled on a few kilos over the years. I used to be a large. I was going to so say, did you go for a medium? Some, some of that. No, no, no. <laughs> no, uh, large had turned into an XL, which is a me problem, and I will fix it over time on the treadmill. Yeah, but, or the beach. But well, yeah, we have seen heaps of people in. Um, oh, that's good. In yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like being an independent, it's your community back, so you're not aligned to any party. Um, I've never been a member of any party, and literally you've got this community behind you of people who want a voice, and instead of listening to your party and you know, in my case, with the current, like with the candidate Rory, he would be a backbencher. Um, so wouldn't, I mean, he can still lobby and advocate in his party, but it, really in a party system, it's the cabinet that makes the decision and then yeah. that, that decision gets pushed down. Whereas um, being community independent, I can always vote for my community, vote the way I think my community feels. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of argument about how independents can actually have influence. And to that, I would say, even in um, federal parliament, there's a phone going. Don't know who that even is. It's fine. Um, it's a busy office. It's, oh, it's so busy <laughs> at six o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. Um, so to to that, I would say, look, even in federal parliament where there's no balance of power, the the independents are making like being having wonderful influence, amending legislation, and um, and driving their own agendas on behalf of their community. But in the current um, current parliament of new south wales it's already a minority government and we've got uh we've got two really good independents alex greenwich and greg piper and they really pass a lot of laws um and also work with you know both sides of government to to get reform happening so i think independents actually play a huge role and also it's going back to the way politics was envisaged when the constitution was started which is a member to represent that area there was no talk of two-party system and two parties being established. So that's almost like a subsequent construct. And um, you kind of get the best of both worlds because you get an independent to represent your community, but you still get a government. So there'll still be, you know, a major government governing. Um, And independents have the role to keep that government accountable, to call out the BS, to... I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, you definitely say that. We've said much worse. Um, (laughs) And also to, yeah pass laws, push for things, yeah. Do you think that's why more people are turning towards the independents? Because for me personally, like, I just can't stand, like, Anthony Albanese seems like a nice guy. Am I going to listen to him? No. Yeah. And stuff. Do you think people are just getting sick of the two-party system and just I think so. Yeah, I think there's, like, you see with John Barilaro, like, I don't know if you've heard um, the recent tapes of... Jobs for Mates. And Jobs for Mates, and recent tapes of him, like, talking about port barreling and spending loads of money where it's not needed and then not giving money to um, to victims of natural disasters based on where they live, whether they're in a Liberal seat or not. So I think people are definitely sick of that. Yeah. They're sick of, like, a poor culture. Um, he doesn't bark, he just snaps. <laughs> <coughs> um, and they're sick of, yeah, the party shenanigans and factions and mostly that they just don't get listened to. Like, 
you know, they vote someone in and then they're not really listened to. Whereas this is sort of flipping it on its head and saying the community has a voice. And I suppose practically that means, you know, more town halls, more out and about chatting to people, more accessibility. And, and also just like in its most basic form, just not the type of person necessarily who might've traditionally been a politician. So you know, not someone who's joined the young party, young Labor or young Liberals, yeah. worked their way up, you know, wears a suit and tie every day. On, You know, I just, I think that the people representing independents tend to be more just from the community, everyday people. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, hence why my hair's still wet from the beach. That's all right. Like, <laughs> as you can say, where, I mean, I've got the campaign shirt on, so, you yeah, know. The medium. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. That's what I'll tell people. Um, so we have some, as as you can tell probably or did you have any more questions or oh, I had a quick one what was what's been the hardest thing about campaigning I I actually love it so no I love it I love talking to people I love out and about and knowing everyone and like campaigning in this electorate is beautiful like I've jumped on boats and gone to Scotland Island and the western foreshore then I've been on like the lake at Narrabeen then at yeah, the no. beach then at you know up at Eleanor shops and to be honest Eleanora um, I know I'm biased with Avalon, but Eleanor has to sort of be the next best amazing village with like the nicest people and, you know, discovering um, the, you know, the small businesses or the people in those areas has been awesome. I think the hardest part is doing that and also having a huge amount of computer work to do and, you know, not wanting to sit in front of a computer. So your emails are still going nuts. Um, you still have a lot of policy work to do and um, trying to do it all, plus be a mum, yeah, I suppose, is, I suppose yeah. Yeah, is the hardest part. So, so we have some uh, quick fire questions from our loyal listeners. Um, we know you went around Europe, uh, you had travelled, you yep. spoke about that before. Now, our favourite question to ask people, we had a former rugby player who we interviewed, we like to ask, what was your least favourite country? Oh, good, because I was going to ask you, if you said my favourite place, I was going to say, I can't tell or everyone will go there, because yeah. um, it's a bit secret. Oh, it's a secret. No, it's oh, a bit secret. <laughs> I'll tell you guys. Oh, there's more secrets in politics. Um, <laughs> except that one, except my favourite place in Europe. Um, what was my least favourite? Oh, oh look, I don't want to diss any country, really. We do it all the time. It's fine. Do you? Adelaide and Melbourne cobble our hats. Um, what... Uh, or where you had the, probably, the worst experience? Probably, um, the, probably I was ready to leave Turkey because I'd been there like a, a... This isn't the most recent trip, but when I was like probably about uh, 23 or something, 24, um, because it was just incredibly hot and you've got to cover up more and be more discreet in yeah. Turkey. So it's sort of wearing all the layers of clothing, incredibly hot. Um, got food poisoning was oh, just really ready oh, to yeah, go yeah. and actually got on a tiny boat and went to was exhausted went to this tiny island in Greece and that was then my favorite place so it was oh, the, okay. the juxtaposition as That's well good. yeah so I was just ticking all the boxes yeah so I've let <laughs> I've let I've let a secret out that it's great my favorite place it's is Greece. Greece and quite close to Turkey but okay. I'll leave it at that perfect um, what is your favorite bar on the northern beaches and why is it the stain that's the official bar of the podcast oh is it okay well then it has to be the stain and um because just good vibes just great what's your second favorite then um look i don't go out that much but i would probably have to say is can it be the whole of the northern beaches it should be in pitwater it should be in pitwater yes it should be in pitwater 
Um, probably in Avalon, Elvina. Because, oh, yeah, Bar Elvina. I know the owners. I used to, in my uni days, work at a bar, Cargo Bar, which is still around. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've never been allowed in there for some reason. Oh, why? I don't know. I, know if, <laughs> I used to be on the door, so there. maybe if, if it had been, you know, 20 years ago, you would have got in when I was on the door. But, um, but Andy, I used to work with at uh, Cargo Bar, and now he owns Elvina. And I just think that's awesome. Yeah. And it's yeah, a great bar. Really. And they've got a little kitchen garden at the back. And Andy's great. So, yeah. Well, is that, I think that's all we've got time for. We'll let you go. you got Lime Cordial. The yeah, I'm going to tonight. Lime Cordial tonight. Yes. And that's... What's your favourite song? Um, Probably Robbery. Okay. Waking Up Easy. Pretty good as well. Yeah. It's one of my favourites. I saw them for the first time at a free concert when they played in Trogbo Village with about 200 people. So oh, it's so good. Maybe they remember me. Well, that's Probably. like um, like I saw a small concert with um, Rufus, and then I went to a huge concert with Rufus yeah. a few months ago, and it wasn't the same. When no, you got the small, yeah, um, yeah. So this election, I think, is important for music as well. So I'm supporting the vote music policy of the music industry um, because I think, especially Northern Beaches, all the bands coming out of here, it's really important to do that. And they've had a really rough trot through COVID as well. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and then I think other issues that people care about, like we were the last, um, one of the last suburbs in Sydney to have koalas. And, you know, in Avalon, there are still the lookout for koala road signs. And I think people remember that, like grandparents and everything remember when they were in the gardens, literally. And in New South Wales, we're facing mass destruction of koala habitat yeah. um, across New South Wales and then also for housing developments in Campbelltown they're literally trying to build a housing development on top of the only thriving koala population in Sydney so I think you know I need to fight for the beaches and for Pittwater and all the things that are important here like schools and keeping the Waycoast Parkway open stuff that should have been done years ago that hasn't yeah, been done <laughs> yeah, sure. um, but also I think people in Pittwater want a voice at that state level and want um, their voice heard on those kind of issues as well do no, you need awesome. two security guards for election day um, I actually might Perfect. If you do. Where are you voting? Where are you going to be going down? Oh, I haven't even thought where to where I'm actually going to be doing my vote. Do you know early voting starts tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. And so then... that there are three spots. There's Newport, um, there's Narrabeen, South South Narrabeen um, Life Saving Club, and then there's also Mona Vale in Bassett Street. If you need two six foot five Burley. Navy Seal <laughs> Burley security guards, you know who to Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Easy. Done. Well... Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you thank for you. having me. And That's I just okay. think the final thing I wanted to um, end on was I don't know everything and the whole point of a community-backed independent is to keep listening to people. The only way I can do that is if people talk to me yeah. and, like, come up when I'm in public, say hi. If I do an event like a town hall, you know, it's great that, you know, the 50-pluses come along, but I want to bring young people back into their democracy and be really approachable and talk we didn't talk about mental health as well on the northern beaches but um well, we can touch on that quickly if yeah. you'd like to talk about it for a bit as long as you don't have to go yeah no no i don't have to go yeah. um but i i think with the mental health aspect there's this whole missing middle of um of services so basically if someone's too complex so we've got headspace in brookvale yeah. which is free service but um um but there's this missing middle of um if you're too complex for headspace um, you can't get into a psychologist because of the wait times are really long or, you know, it's too expensive. 
that you're also not you're complex but you're not acute so you can't present to hospital you're not at that stage yet there's kind of this whole missing middle um, that needs to be addressed so I'm committed to working with Sophie Sconce our federal MP on addressing that gap both you know around she's looking at around the country I'm looking at you know around the state but also on the northern beaches and I think we can build out Monoval Hospital to have a few more services particularly in regards to mental health yeah and also just like working out um, there are so many different organisations so just even being able to map out where our gaps are and work out which organisations do what for people and make it easier for people to understand um, young people to understand where they can go and you know where they can get help is really important but no, again definitely. all these issues I just need everyone telling me what they need as well yeah, so sure. I'm very approachable get in Always touch get yeah in follow touch. me on socials yes do you that's the easiest it's um at Jackie Scrooby independent so go. that's easy we'll be tagging you don't you worry yeah. <laughs> and then follow the whip podcast after yeah and, and follow the whip and podcast. you have my vote so yeah great. and mine as well yeah. great <laughs> and thank you for responding who else was oh John Actually, I better not say names, but <laughs> we had a few people reach out and never re-pick up the phone. So, oh, really? Us, we want to say thank you. No, it's really important. Like, I try and get back to everyone. If I miss anyone, it's literally because they've accidentally fallen through the gaps, not because I haven't tried. We couldn't because we're top of the head. Yeah, you could, <laughs> like, I saw that like, yeah, straight away. Um, but yeah, it's important. I think it's just important to try and get on and support everyone. And, you know, my campaign manager will probably kill me who's always saying, you need to focus more and, you know, but it's not. It's for me it's like actually reaching out and connecting with For everyone sure. so yeah and we have let's all, focus more we screen. have young people listening as well so yeah this will be, this will be good for them great yeah great well i'm not your typical politician but i think that's a good thing yeah so. no i think so, it is as well definitely. well vote one yeah and, um, and it's neck to neck so it, yeah. it's it's not like oh that's nice but she's never gonna get in it's literally 50 50 yeah, polling showing sure. it's yeah well, every vote will count yeah for sure well thank you so much for your and time. number every box everyone if you don't vote for me but you vote for someone else but number every box because you don't have to in the new south wales elections and what that actually means is say you voted for like greens or someone who doesn't end up in the top two so in this electorate the greens candidate and the labor candidate may not end up in the top two so we'll use them as an example um if you then don't do number like you don't say anything else you just go one greens um what can happen is then your vote gets expired and goes in the bin effectively yeah, whereas okay. if you do one greens two jackie scrooby three you know rory four labor then um, if, if the Greens candidate gets knocked off, then that second choice you have will go on to that candidate's okay. pile. So the key is number every box to get your vote maximum leverage. Yes, heavy. I actually didn't know that. I so. didn't know that either. Yes, yeah, so good, I'll tell you something. Because <laughs> that would have been me throwing the ballot into the bin, not yeah. picking out everything. And also <laughs> no donkey like votes. Or no, no, none of that. No donkey votes. No 18-year-old Elliot not knowing <coughs> who to vote for. And yeah. Looking at the sex party and thinking it's a cool thing. Yeah, well, I don't think they're running now, so, yeah, <laughs> no, you're going to miss out. Like, I mean, that's not shocking anyone. Like, yeah. yeah. I but, also like yeah. how you strategically put the Greens and Labor as people that might not fill in because I think it's going to be between you and the other guys. Yeah, and I like I would encourage people as well. Again, my campaign manager will kill me, but... You know, if I'm not your first choice and, like, say you want, like, Greens, Labor, anything, put them one, put me two. It's yeah, important sure. that those parties get the recognition if they, if you feel that their values truly align. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just put me ahead of Rory. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Maybe we should... But actually, I'm going to say as well, don't just put me ahead of Rory. Go and look at his policies, 
you know, have a look on the internet and make an informed voting choice. That's the most important thing of all. Well, it's not who you vote for, but that you're in, you know, you've you've made an effort to just have a think about it. Well, Rory isn't from the local area. We're starting a smear campaign. <laughs> oh, no, don't. He's already, he's already said that I've started a smear campaign. Oh, no, no we're definitely saying? not doing that. Well, because um, one of my third-party campaigners, Climate 200, they endorsed me, which was great. They can't really give me anywhere near as money as they gave in the federal campaign. Yeah, the, the maximum in New South Wales that they can give is three thousand three hundred dollars. Yeah. But they can go and do brochures. So they did a brochure out in the post, which was in favour of me. It was it was actually, I did not like it. It was not a nice brochure around Rory, and I can see why Rory thinks it's a smear one. But I didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, I'm always happy to call out his voting record because that's part of the integrity process. Yeah, for sure. And part of being an elected representative, you have to stand by your voting record. But I don't like a pylon, and this brochure was really mean. So, um, yeah. No smear campaign. No, no smear no, campaign. No campaign. But we are, we're Just, allowed to question that maybe he wasn't from the area. No. <laughs> He's been on the Northern Beaches his whole life. I'm just raising doubts. So <laughs> I've definitely not been in the area my whole life. Like I have yeah. travelled Europe. I've lived in London. Yeah, I'm this is the WIT podcast. Maybe questioning Rory. Okay. Reach out. All right, well, it's all on you, not <laughs> yeah, me. it's all on you. Except you're in my T-shirt and my volunteers are always and happy I'm, and, and healthy. And I'm voting for... Yes, well, we are happy, but <laughs> we're just... We're a question to the people. Okay. We're to the people, top of the head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much again. Um, Pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thanks Enjoy for having tonight. me. Let your hair down. You deserve it. Amy. Even more than it already is. Yeah, and you have our vote. So, okay, great. Yeah, Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Jackie. See you later. Thank you. Like, comment, subscribe. Bye. <laughs> Check, flex, check, flex, check, diamonds in my fangs, flex.